Hey, look, it's a Dungeons and Dragons ride. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing that already. <laughs> oh, give me a brain. <laughs> yeah, it's barely a theme tune. <laughs> what is this? It's a montage. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, so welcome back, Protein Ramblings. It's here. It's Nero. It's Naomi. Good evening. It's Mark. Hello. And it's Dungeons and Dragons time again, kids. We are back with three more fantastical adventures in the wonderful world of Dungeons and Dragons with some dubious morals. Yep. I've you're, got, so chi- I've... you're so chipper about what is essentially three probably pretty poor episodes, I think, <laughs> yeah. what we've seen I've so a, far. I've got a, a, a fun fact about the morals of the show, though, that I found when I was trying to find out the characters' ages. Okay. Oh. Um, so this is about Eric. And, you know, we've been talking a bit about how Eric is always the kind of negative voice and the one who's complaining and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Apparently this was, was mandated by parents, groups and consultants to the series developer because they wanted to push the, quote, then dominant pro-social morals for cartoons of the group is always right and the complainer is always wrong. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But he's often right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think the, the thing I read made the point that most of the concerns he raises are really reasonable for people who have been dropped into his situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So and they're like, no, no, groupthink. Exactly. Group think is the way exactly. to go. Stay with the That's, herd, Eric. You must have. You must be a sheeple to survive. <laughs> That's My God, that's, he's, he's that... not even like typically alternative or no, he's like no. satanic panic type stuff. No, right? no, like, he's, he's like, like a, a yeah. he is the he's preppy, a rich preppy boy. Yeah. yeah, he's the rich yeah. preppy cool kid about town. Probably has three girlfriends and drives a Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, he's oh, only fifteen, so maybe not. Okay. Everyone in this cartoon is much younger than I assumed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of pegged like Hank, Sheila, Diane, and Eric, like, you know, final seniors at high school kind of no, thing. No, so I think Hank is 16, Bobby is 8, and everybody else is sort of between 13 Bobby's and eight. 15. Yeah, he wow. actually, he turns 9 in one of the episodes we watched today. That's yeah, well, I saw his birthday. Yeah, he turns nine. In he that is episode. the world's most jacked eight-year-old. <laughs> well, he's nine-year-old, definitely. Yeah, he's Mini Hercules, who I read about <laughs> randomly the other day. Like, there's an article about where he is now, and he's oh, really? bodybuilding. I don't blame. Oh, okay, um, so, but that's weird. Do you think they'd all be the same age? When I was sixteen, I basically only hung out with people like one year older. Yeah, than I wouldn't me. have been hanging well, out. Well, I get 13. Bobby because he's he's Sheila's. Yeah, younger. Sheila is specifically mentioned as being thirteen. So after Bobby, oh, the Hank youngest is in the group. That, okay. I feel a bit wrong. Yeah, I, like one sort of, of my, one, to be Hank's boy girlfriend. Yeah, right? and one of my notes in here is like, yeah, he she was actually quite cute, and I'm now <laughs> like, oh no, oh <laughs> no, no, oh no. having a Leon moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now that I've made you feel uncomfortable, should we episode dive in? seven, prison without walls? <laughs> so we join the party. High concept. They are across the, yeah, it was very philosophical. Uh, we join the party as they are crossing another rocky, barren wasteland, uh, and they seem to be lost. Hank thinks the dungeon master told them to come this way, but there are no signs of life. They say they've seen no villages, they've had nothing to eat. This is um, the second time he's sent them somewhere. <laughs> I think he just like, wants rid of them for a bit, you know? He's yeah. just like, oh, go for a, get me a long wait, you know, that kind of thing. It, it is very much like, because it happens again in episode three, except they're in yeah. a much more precarious, but we do just often join them and like, well, are you sure dungeon master said it was this way? And Eric is always like, well, let's just go back. <laughs> And everyone's always like, no, Eric, stick with the group. Jeez. Well, they travel way too light. They're always like, <laughs> yes. oh, I'm really hungry and yeah, thirsty and stuff, but they're never carrying anything. anything. Yeah. No, it was bad. Eric bad the fucking renegade. <laughs> yeah. So off screen, we hear some moaning and, and growling noises, I guess, is, is what it sounded like to me. And Diana is curious, but Eric kind of stomps off saying there's no way he's going to check that out. It sounds bad. 
because he's sensible. Why mm. rush no, towards a horrible a noise? He's a loose cannon. He's a fucking renegade. And he needs to toe the party line, damn it. <laughs> You're putting this whole precinct at risk, Eric. <laughs> your loose cannon behavior. I want your badge. I want your shield and your gun. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's walking off, he, he walks straight into Dungeon Master. And Dungeon Master tells them that a heartless dragon dwells that way. And there is no way home for them. But when a dragon's heart is in the right place, it may show you the way home. So this seems like a very contradictory point. It's like, don't go that way. There's nothing there for you. But if you go that way, you might find a way home. Who knows? Massive caveat on might and may yes, in yes. there. Massive caveat on fucking dragon. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's all wordplay, isn't it? As mm. we point out later, yes. To, to keep them confused and hopeful. So I do have a note here which just says, DM is a child catcher. <laughs> Why? Because he, he is keeping these children here against <laughs> in, in their will and leading no, them yeah. down false roads. And like, I, I can't, is it the end of this episode where he's like, oh, once you've proven yourselves yes, worthy. That really annoyed me. They shouldn't have to prove yes. that they're worthy to go home. They just asked <laughs> to come here. So uh, Matt, you guys have seen the film Cube, you know, yes. where oh. it basically what? they should have just stayed still at the start My and they would have got out. My least favorite film. Naomi hates that film. I know. I, believe me, this debate has raged as long as we have been oh, together. Man. It's it's a but if, they, it's if a, they find that out if they find out that they should have just stayed at the start wherever they <laughs> yeah. were and, D, and DM was just if, Dungeon Master was just like luring them further and further away from being home if it like if we ever did get divorced down the line I can get cube. the the citation on the divorce will be reason for divorce cube couldn't agree on cube <laughs> I mean I will I will attest that cube two hypercube fucking atrocious film oh yeah cube zero as well they're yeah. both pretty poor well, cube great film yeah yeah well you're wrong so. <laughs> Dungeon Master disappears and everybody heads off towards the horrible noises. I, I did note at this point, even Diane thought he was talking bollocks. Yes, they're starting to wise up to him. <laughs> and we see the party walking through fog and then they just immediately walk off a precipice and fall down a cliff. And at the bottom of the cliff, it's, I, I, I can't call it a canyon. I feel like it's too... No, it's a, qu it's a quarry. It's a quarry, yeah? It's a quarry, yeah. yeah. So they yeah. find a settlement at the bottom of the cliff. We've got some giant warrior-like statues. It's a man-made crevasse. <laughs> <laughs> We've got what I at first thought were more dwarven slaves, but they do yes. actually call them gnomes. So I don't know if the dwarfs we saw in the early episodes were also gnomes, or if only short people become slaves in this world. I mean, yeah, they're easier to control, right? You wouldn't so have thought be yeah. <laughs> It's not me, it's Venger. This is his policy. And we also see a big dragon statue with like yes. a, um, an alcove in his chest. Yeah, it's got a, uh, a recess. Yeah. And we see orcs running the show, so we can assume that Venger is involved. Yeah, I love how they're like, oh, there's orcs, so it it's must Venger, be Venger. Yeah, so yeah. is Venger just in charge of all orcs? It seems and apparently lizard, lizard men. Lizard yes. green, yeah, <laughs> I green love the lizard skins. men. They were great. Yeah. <laughs> and we see one gnome up on like a, a suspended platform, like a window cleaning platform, and he collapses in exhaustion and falls off the platform. And the orcs kind of rush in and they get to whipping. Well, he's, he's, he, it cuts to him and he's like, oh, I'm so tired, I can't work anymore. And then the, the platform breaks and he's hanging on by this rope. I'm like, you ain't that tired because that takes a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And then as he falls, he grabs the rope again. He falls like 60 feet as well. Like That is some dead. fall to the grab rope, onto a rope. If nothing else, the rope burn would have been oh, intense. Been the grip strength of these gnomes is insane, <laughs> basically. You wouldn't want a wank from one, put it that way. Or maybe oh, you would. Rip it off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the orcs crowd in and they, the, the chief orc is kind of whipping and yelling and uh, we find out that the gnomes are mining mystic gems for Venger. And at this point, Bobby does the Bobby thing and he just runs in headlong, no fear of the consequences to make the save and he scares off a couple of the orc guards. And then we get a little bit of a battle as more orcs run in. 
<laughs> the only part of this I really made note of because it really made me laugh was Presto tries to teleport and walk away with his magic hat. He tells his hat to send it on a trip, but this just puts the orc into a Hawaiian shirt and turns his sword into like a banjo. Yeah. <laughs> but it does the job because the orc just wanders off. It looks so like confused. really sheepish. Like, yeah. I'm not wearing my armor, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, mm-hmm. so it just sidles off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, as, as per usual, his magic doesn't work as he wants it to, but it still does the thing. And then the party defeat the orcs, but the rescued gnome is kind of freaking out at them. He's like, I can't stop working. Nobody is allowed to leave this valley, but Doesn't there's a spell. Like Hank, like kind of throw him over his shoulder and like, come on, let's go. And he's like, no, You're free now. No, 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 put me down, put me down, put me down. Yeah, so he explains there's a valley over the spell. A, a spell a over valley the valley. A valley over the spell. Hmm. Spell over the valley, which has been put there by Venger, and no gnome can leave. And only the spellbinder, Lukion, can break the spell. Yeah, I got Lukion. The, I thought it was no. Nukion at first. The name of but, the guy in the third, is it the second or the third one, the big Dekion like, and Lukion. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, it's the one in the second one. Well, he's called like Craig. I, I, I just called him Carl. Carl. Carrick or Carrick. Carrick. It was yeah, like Carlick yeah. or Carl, but I was just like, yeah. it's Carl. So yeah, right. only Lukion can break the spell, but he's imprisoned in the Swamp of Sorrow for refusing to tell Venger the secret of the dragon's heart. And Is the that party... where Treyu went down? I think so, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Was it the Swamp of Sorrow or was it like the oh, Bog the of, of Sadness maybe? Or like the Bog of Despair or It was the same like basic that. thing. Same concept, though, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so the gnome it, tells... it wasn't a trait, it was Artax's horse. Artax, sorry, that's it. <laughs> the, the gnome tells the party where to find this swamp. He's kind of like, it's just through the forest and over the mountain pass or something like that. So they decide they're going to head off to the swamp so they can help save the gnomes. And the gnome is like, oh, I've got to go and get punished now. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, thanks for helping, but I've got to go receive my punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. He's like, <laughs> what? And we then immediately cut to him in Venger's castle, just groveling to Venger and telling him everything. He's like, yeah. there were these kids. I well, told them not does, to help. He doesn't tell them exactly everything because Venger's like, did you tell them of Lukion the secret? He's like, no, I, I just told them where Lukion is. And he's like, no, you told them a lot more. You explained what Luki, who Lukion is, what he can do, why they should seek him out you didn't just say oh there's this dude lukey on he's in the swamp yeah true yeah. but he, he tells it. avengers like it, okay okay you've been a good slave back to your servitude <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the reward that's the reward yeah. for, for well for he didn't get pu- he didn't get punished so he's probably i would say getting, being a slave is kind punished. of a perpetual punishment <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could he could have like had lashes or you know well, he probably been, will these orcs are pretty whip happy and gotta be well like, hard to as, lash as we saw in the next episode he could have gone to the prison of agony which had no agony about it <laughs> it looked much better actually it was more the prison of uncomfortable warm and yeah. the agony of being ever so slightly sweaty all the time the prison of, of prickly heat it's the, pr- the prison of uh, now european summer's day and no air conditioning <laughs> anyway Avenger summons the shadow demon and he sends them after the party and he tells the orc captain to collect the party's weapons if the swamp claims them which is like you know he's saying if these kids drown in the swamp. So that's a possibility. Uh, and then we cut to said swamp. Eric is complaining, kind of kind of saying, who would build a prison out here? It's grim. And Dungeon Master appears to say, you're right, nobody would build a prison here. And Lukion dwells in the saddest prison of all, the prison without walls. I argue that that is not the saddest prison. I feel the saddest <laughs> prison would be... Slavery. The saddest prison. See, I was thinking like sat from a sad, pathetic kind of thing. So I was like, the saddest oh. prison is like an agrophobic 
who's built his own cocoon out of his own used tissues. Wow. That that's like the saddest. The, 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 the saddle basement. <laughs> yeah, that was the saddest mental image, I, the most pathetic mental image I could picture in my head. Not that I'm a prison, pissing anyone a with agoraphobia, in, but... A prison in the North, North Pole made of your tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like El- Elsa's frozen castle, but it's all of your tears. Salty. A prison made of the melted Salty. toys from your childhood. <laughs> Isn't that wow. like the just all your toy soft, story? All your soft toys and all your things that you loved dearly as a child just melted together with their faces hanging out of the walls, staring at you for all eternity. Fortunately, the makers of the cartoon <laughs> didn't think of any of those things. <laughs> they should have, damn it. They weren't trying hard enough. But anyway, Dungeon Master's words cause confusion and then he disappears. And while the party are looking around for him, Eric steps on this mushroom that immediately grows tendrils that capture his foot and cling onto him. And we see the others are caught in the same fashion. One might say he had a bad trip. I was going to make a fungi joke, but I think you (laughs) told me. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, a giant, what I described in my nose is a tree elephant. (laughs) No, it's a snuffleupagus. Yeah, it's definitely got a trunk. It's definitely made of plants. I like like trellephant. Trellephant, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, the trellephant trellephant emerges from the trees and it's kind of, it's waving its arms, making a lot of noise. It really looks like it's about to attack the party, but instead it you know frees them from the mushrooms. It's doing an impression of the first appearance of Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars when he comes <laughs> out to save Luke and he's all, <laughs> with his hood up. I don't I remember that. Around. Yeah. So the, the trellephant eats the mushrooms and he frees the party and hangs. Yeet, not eat. I said yeet. I know, but it sounded like yeet. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eric tells Hank that he should shoot the Trelephant, which Hank doesn't really want to do, but in the end he does, because it really does seem like this thing is bearing down on him. Mm-hmm. But when the arrow hits it, it just kind of feeds off the arrow's energy and gets even bigger. And it's already, you know, gigantic. It's tree-sized, tall. Well, it's it's two-person height. Hmm. So, like, you know, 12 foot. Yeah. Give or take. I didn't take an estimate. It was just big. As it gets bigger, it does kind of approach the party and they just scatter Eric whacks it with his shield and it's absorbed into its body and you see Eric being consumed by slime. Uh, at this point, Presto conjures some weed killer, which he immediately thinks is useless, but Hank is like, no, no, this thing is a bit like a plant. We're going to use the weed killer on it. And it does, in fact, drive it away and Eric is freed. I knew this was Lukey on, right? Uh, like, straight away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. just... Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we then cut to nighttime in the swamp and everyone is kind of moaning and bitching. Eric is the most dumb. Yeah, I don't blame him, to no. be honest. Like, nothing good happens in like, swamps. If if anything, Eric is the POV character for this, this, uh, this I would, cartoon. Having, having read that that snippet about the kind of the social, the group thing stuff... It, may, it does frame everything it, in a very it definitely different does. Way. And I also think, like, yeah, I would be the Eric in this group. I would be the one being like, I don't want to go to the swamp. It's a shit idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And this is like, DM gives, uh, Dungeon Master gives them a hint, doesn't he, basically? Mm. Like, this is like, Eric speaking some truth and actually maybe the group will start to side with him so they need a little bit of encouragement <laughs> yeah exactly yeah because DM appears as Eric is moaning and he tells them that they are close to finding Lukeon and they will know him by what he says without speaking and he tells them that there's a, a limited window of time in which he can help them basically like the four sons of this world are going to converge at a certain time and that's the only chance Lukeon will have to help them they missed a really great joke here for Eric when he's like oh you'll know what he says when he says it without speaking, like my immediate quit was, we don't know what you say when you are speaking. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think as I, we are into the next day then because we see the party stumble upon a ruined shack. Mm, a cabin in the woods, if you will. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and there's a, an old bed inside and Eric decides it's time for a break. But like, there is a zombie in the bed. <laughs> a, first off, why? Like, 
yes, you going through the swamp of sadness, you come across a rickety old house, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to take a nap. That's probably Don't better than trying know. to sleep. Party, they need a long rest, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. uses True. a shield on the last, in the last... Uh, and uh, suddenly there are zombies everywhere attacking the party, and they're trying to... Uh, fight their way free Eric Eric is an undead magnet he is yeah. I saw that yeah, <laughs> he just keeps going places and undead touch him so uh, <laughs> the, the thing what made me laugh when the he lies on the bed and the zombie reaches around and grabs him is I did that to Ruth once when we were living in Spain we <laughs> had gave the, her a reach around <laughs> when we were living in Spain we had fold out sofa bed in, in the bedroom and it was one of those ones where you can get in the, the kind of crevice where the sofa folds out from and when she went into the bathroom she's doing stuff and i got under that bit so she waited for her to come lie in bed and as soon as she's like she'd relaxed i reached up from around was like <laughs> I think it's also seen in the first Friday springs. the 13th film was very similar where Jason is like under the bed yeah, while yeah, all yeah. the teens are having sex yeah <laughs> yeah because doesn't he like stab them through the bed yeah it's Kevin Bacon isn't it yeah. kills Kevin Bacon that doesn't happen here nobody dies but they, they look like they're in peril like they can't fight off the zombies mm-hmm. and we suddenly hear a, a roaring nearby and the zombies are startled into releasing the party and outside is it a bird is it a plane it's no the it's trelevant. a <laughs> the trelevant is just Wielding a branch against the shack, he's just hitting the shack repeatedly. Even one of the zombies, by the way, does say something like, "It's my house, yes, or get yes. out of my bed," and That's then all they he want. just comes and wails their house <laughs> to the ground. This is the zombie version of Goldilocks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to feel for them. I just realised what the Trelephon actually reminded me of, and it's the pilot from the big pilot from the bone ship in Alien, because it's got that long trunk snout thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. So the the trelephant takes out the shack, presumably takes out the zombies with it, which are you they were just protecting their home. I don't think they deserved that. Hank is about to shoot at the trelephant and then he pauses and he remembers Dungeon Master's words and he realizes this is probably Lucian because by his actions he has proved that he is good. He has saved them twice. It's only and he took fucking two Hank. It's, it's only Hank fucking, yeah. fucking Hank. He's the oldest. So, so therefore the best is only no, he's, the, he's the blondest. The uh, the the kind of he's character the most Aryan. character snapshots i read posted diana as like the natural second leader which i thought was good wow yeah wow america (laughs) so the creature indicates that yes he is lucian and he beckons them to follow him and he takes them to a tree with a hollow and inside the hollow we see some magical items there's a spell book there are some potions and there's a big gem crystal like a purple crystal and a magic wand and a wand yep so hank realizes that venger must have put lucian into this form to prevent him using his magic presto gives the gem to lucian and he says it's it starts beating like a heart. It, it, the heart of like, a it actually dragon, kind of like expands and contracts. Mm-hmm. And Lucian indicates that Presto should use his magic gear, like Lucian's magic gear, to change him back. Him magic gear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, just some magic gear. <laughs> his magical equipment. So Presto waves the wand over the gem, and we get this like rainbow light show. These lights all shoot out and encompass Lucian, and he's restored to his little gnome form with his little pointy wizard hat with a rune on, and he immediately starts Massive telling the Massive downgrade, rules. if you ask me. No, well, I mean, at least he can talk English or whatever language they speak here, common. That's got to be more I feel useful. like he'd, he'd have had a better time fighting Benja, though, and trelephant form it actually yeah, made me laugh a bit because i didn't for some reason i didn't expect him to be vertically challenged and he comes out <laughs> and he's like dungeon master size yeah. right yeah. like what's going on oh of course he's a gnome yeah so yes he, he immediately starts talking in very kind of dungeon mastery riddly tones to the party is it like a certain thing when you reach a certain age and power level in D, you can only talk in fucking riddles it certainly seems to be the yeah. implication also just a quick another sidebar like you know how 
in actual D&D, spellcasters, wizards, and what, they're OP as fuck, and most dungeon masters tend to nerf them a little bit. Mm. That is what DM has done to Presto. Like, if, <laughs> if he was just left as a, an actual wizard, he'd be the most OP and they'd never be in trouble. Well, it's weird. He's got, like, low charisma, I guess, but he actually, like, let me say, when he actually does the spells, they work. Like, he was re- he, he was really nervous about casting the spell yeah, with the gemstone yeah. and the thing, but, but I think he when it, immediately nailed it. Yeah, exactly. When it really counts for the plot and for the party, it works in one way or another, definitely. Mm. The Shadow Demon has been observing all this, so he kind of fucks off to tell Venger what's going down. Mm-hmm. And we arrive back at the Slay Pit, there's whipping going on, and we see Lucian and the party arrive. And Lucian very easily just frees the gnomes and he traps the orcs in like a, a light magic cage. I, I wouldn't mind, but he, like, I, I took umbrance with this issue because he he traps these this handful of orcs, like maybe four or five in this magical net dome thing and then immediately declares you are liberated it, it's it's the leoric method of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of you have been emancipated <laughs> yeah i claim you free you yeah. are free and then uh, we see in the sky overhead that the four suns are about to converge and this is the time that lucian can get the party home so he puts this gem that is like a heart into the dragon statue because it's the heart of the dragon it mm-hmm. was a heartless dragon before did we all get it kids as uh, so the suns align which also gave me visionary flashbacks it's like, shit, it's the dawn of the Age of Magic. And light from the sun beams down and hits the gem. And it bounces off to all the gems embedded around the quarry wall, the wall rather, these, these mystic gemstones. And this would have been a good time for them to still have those mushrooms. <laughs> it's, weird, it's weird that they were digging a hole in the ground and mining when the whole, all the walls of this quarry are literally littered with gemstones and Venger <laughs> doesn't want any of those. And, and the, but the, oh, like, they've been digging out this quarry but these gemstones are perfectly placed still to function for yeah. this like holographic map yeah. of the yeah, universe. Yeah, because that's what they make. This is, for some reason, Hank immediately recognizes this as a map of the whole universe. Jesus, this mate. is why he solves the rod riddle. <laughs> yeah. He's a, ge- a prodigy genius. Yeah, he's actually like a, an <laughs> astrophysicist. <is> <laughs> he, he, like all the rest of them were at high school. He was at MIT. <laughs> and we learned that's that what each, Arian, uh... That's what Arian blood does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I was trying not to make an Arian joke. Uh, each point of light is a gateway to another world, we're told. Mm-hmm. At this point, Venger shows up. I think he said it points to a gateway. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like a map, a it's a map yeah, to yeah. where the gateway is, yeah. yeah. And Venger is like, I'm not having any of this shit. Venger attacking. rides in with a plum. He's just like, comes <laughs> down from the sky. He's just like, fuck you guys. He is <laughs> like, Into the laser show yes. and everything. He just goes straight in. And he uses magic to bring these giant warrior-like statues that we saw earlier to bring them to life. And then he goes straight after Lucion. These guys are very reminiscent of the golem from the last batch of yeah. episodes. Yeah, they're like very stone so. versions, yeah. aren't they? Of, yeah. We see these statues pursuing the party. One of them grabs Uni. They stomp the village. Bobby is yelling at Uni to teleport. Uni's leveled up since last time. Yeah, she's she actually gained a level. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She teleports herself into Bobby's arms, and then the party start attacking. I the did statues. like that bit. Yeah, it was great. A little callback. Well, it's, 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 it's it also is like just progression, concrete yeah. pro- progression. Like yeah. you say, I, I, like she obviously earned a lot of XP during the unicorn. <laughs> yes. Avenger <laughs> <laughs> destroys the dragon statue, and then he frees the orcs. And then we have Presto conjuring up a cannon, which he's really proud of himself for doing. Until Eric <laughs> points out that it needs cannonballs to work. <laughs> <laughs> so then Presto tries to conjure cannonballs and he just conjures these little, I don't know if they're meant to be ball bearings. No, ball they're just bearings. ball bearings. Just so many of yeah. them. He conjures yeah. so many of them and he's just like throwing them around helplessly. Bobby later does prove that you didn't need a cannonball. No, apparently. if you have a, <laughs> well, a thunderclub or whatever his weapon is. <laughs> they needed a cannon, just didn't need ammo for it. <laughs> 
we get a wizard battle between Venger and Lucion, which Lucion kind of outwizards Venger briefly. Yeah, like he he kind of easily rebuffs a yeah. lot of Venger's spells. You see one of the statues slip on all these ball bearings and it falls over and just shatters immediately. I know says here that he's been Kevin McAllistered. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, yeah, Bobby uses the cannon as a weapon by just thwacking it with his club and he sends it flying into the chest of the And it statue. explodes. It so, it, it, I like mean, it would. Cannon. That's a, a cannon. It means yeah. he, he, he summoned a cannon that was loaded with gunpowder, just not the cannonball. Because for it to explode, it had to have had the gunpowder <laughs> in there. Well, so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's one like, of Presto's magic spells. Yeah. There's room for error. 75% of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> we then see Lucion overwhelm Venger. He traps him in a ball of light and it appears that he's destroyed him, but we find out he's only been temporarily banished, as is so often the way with Venger. Mm-hmm. The bad news is the gemstone, which points the way to the party's <laughs> homeworld, is now gone. It's the only piece of collateral damage in this <laughs> yes. battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, so they're going to Lucian like, help us, help like, us now. And he's like, well... The one bit of wall that we needed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my my genuine thought here is off-screen Dungeon Master came in and just went, yeah. don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric freaks out. The party head away. And they're kind of like, will we ever get home? And Dungeon Master appears behind them and tells them that they will find a way eventually. Every great deed they do proves their worth, which we touched on earlier, is really fucking shitty. Like, you didn't, so they didn't dark. ask to come here. They, they don't belong there. They're doing everything you want them to do. And you're just like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel like you've earned it. Be more worthy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what do you want from them? They're taking, they're 13, 15 year olds taking on demon wizards. 13, 15 year olds? Well, you know what I mean. 13, 2, 15 year olds. <laughs> Would you rather fight 13, 15 year olds or 15, 13 year olds? Are they the size of a small horse or a big duck? And that's the end yeah. of that episode. I actually ended it on feeling quite frustrated at just Dungeon Master's casual disregard mm. for the welfare of these teenagers. It felt like they were trying to get a lot into one episode as yeah. well. And mm-hmm. It kind of rushed a bit of it. Like like when he freed the slaves in the middle, he just comes back and he's just like clicks his fingers and it's like, right, you're free now. It's like, yeah. we can move the plot along. There's too much to cover. <laughs> yeah. We need to get the Venger fight in. Yeah, we yeah, have a definitely. wizard battle. Yeah. Mm. I feel like actually episode eight, the uh, Servant of Evil, mm. it runs along the same lines. There's yeah. a lot a lot to get in. A lot um, of high concepts. Yeah. That they exactly. kind of and, and give a short trip art to. in this one, too. Oh, the, the, the art one is metal. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Like, this is just, it really was. Literally, yeah, my, sec- so, my second note is about the, the Prison of Agony, and it just says, is metal as fuck. It really <laughs> is. is. I'm so yeah, impressed. It even starts like a music video, so you get like this withered old man in a cape, like looking through some like janky bars to the camera, and it kind of pans backwards and shows like there are other people in this like yep. prison cell type thing. And then as it, as it further like pans back, you basically get shown that they're imprisoned in this fortress jail place that is suspended by gargantuan massive chains above a live volcano pit. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's just and, amazing. And like, the building has like giant spikes coming off the yeah. side of it. <laughs> this is the most <laughs> yeah. evil looking building we've yet seen in any of the cartoons. I don't know, when we cut to Venger's castle a bit later on in this episode, that's pretty metal as well. <laughs> yeah, there's a me- exactly. On the side of the volcano looking into the metal prison is another metal castle, basically, which which I think we find out is basically is Venger's castle. Well, because or... what, what you have is like the... Uh, like a, a mountain like overhang. A well, no, no, the, yeah. his castle. It's like a mountain overhang, and it's got is it stalactites or stalagmites? The ones that come down. 
my uh yeah tights sorry. tights yeah and it's like four or five stalactites that make up his castle being suspended from the it looks like the top of a, a like a beast's mouth and they're the teeth like yeah and it, it just is the most ominous fucking castle ever it's great exactly yeah avengers just like looking on at what we find oh. is the was it dungeon of what's it called again the prison of agony Anger? prison of agony so yeah so he's looking on at the prison of agony and he's all like all who defy me must be punished and stuff and he's got this dwarf at his feet <laughs> begging for his life he loves and shitting on the little people none of it <laughs> yeah exactly Avengers not having any of these begs begs and pleas <laughs> and he's like nope in the prison straight away he he orders what looks a lot like station from bill yeah. and ted's bogus journey i also thought he just looked like kind of generic neanderthal caveman. yeah like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's just wearing like loincloth and everything. He's a big guy. His name is Kerox, I've put, so I'm just going to stick with that. Or Carl, uh, Carl. if you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> Carl's, his, Carl's his name when he Brendan Fraser kind of California yeah. man's into <laughs> the modern day. And nobody can pronounce Kerox. And he's like, Kerox, throw this, throw this dwarf in the jail. I thought Kerox was literally going to throw <laughs> just from where just he was at this point yeah. into it because he's like a big muscular yeah, yeah, guy. He's yeah. like Avengers, Avengers height, but his built, his ripped basically. Mm. Kerox says no, I can't do this, and starts to walk away. And Venger basically conjures up like a little TV or portal bubble of the Disney castle, pretty much, and it's like, <laughs> hey Kerox, if you don't do this, and then he makes the the Disney castle like explode. He's like, I'm going to destroy your homeland. Basically. No way is this guy from that place. That's very yeah. presumptuous. You're saying that just because he isn't in fair place, yeah, yeah. Yeah. some delicate man, he can't yeah. come from a pretty place. He is. Uh, he is like he was very reminiscent of Gash. Gash. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just in terms of like his story arc. Mm. Yeah, a bit simpler, I guess. Mm. But basically, yeah, like Venger's threatening the decimation of his homeland to keep him from doing it. And I think the general gist of why he wants Kerox is because the drawbridge, which is. The most fucking epic drawbridge it's I think so I've big. ever seen on TV <laughs> that, that spans from the edge to the middle is like, what, I don't know, 10 stories high? It's like the Birmingham bypass motorway thing, <laughs> but drawbridge form. Yeah, the Humber Bridge or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like. I don't yeah. know, the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge, but it's just one drawbridge. Like, of, made like, of like solid end. obsidian. Yeah, well, it would have to be above a volcano, yeah. right? Like, what else can you use? But basically, Kerox is there, I think, because he's the only one who can actually, like, he's physically strong enough. He pulls the lever for this, mm. the epic drawbridge to go down. And he basically takes the dwarf on the long walk across it. I was going to say, one might say, Venger was threatening Carl with the lamentation of his women. <laughs> <laughs> he has nice. got a very Conan vibe about him. <laughs> Definitely. So he gets to the door, and the door's got a really cool, elaborate, like, locking mechanism on it to the fortress. It's like yeah. a dragon biting down on the other half of the lock. Look, why it needs a lock is beyond me. <laughs> yeah. This is like a, a fortress above a volcano. Especially because there are other defense mechanisms in places we find out a bit later on. Yeah. So, yeah, madness. And basically, we we cut cut away from that, and we just see Bobby, who's just serenely asleep, having a little twitchy dream type stuff. And uh, some dramatic build-up music begins, and you kind of see this creepy face thing that you quickly discover is actually Eric wearing, wearing like, Majora's a, a mask. mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, did, really... I was trying to think of what it looked like. Good shout. Yeah, so Eric's behind it, and they're all like, happy birthday. Everyone starts handing him presents. Uni even has a present, like, stuck onto her horn. She's all, meh, like, hands it over. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's super excited. And Eric kind of forces Bobby to open his present first, and he opens it, and inside is what is, like, 
toadstool-headed frog things, creatures, I guess. I noted the, the, the Poddington Peas. <laughs> oh, wow, that's very <laughs> British yeah. for our American audience. But yeah, Poddington Peas with like super super legs, yeah. <laughs> in a way. And he's packed them sort of like a selection box of chocolates, so they're like two rows and stuff. And, the, and as soon as Bobby opens it, they all like spring out and start jumping away. And Bobby goes all hee-hee-hee and starts to like chase and, and follow them, basically. Yeah. Him and Uni run off. Yeah, so they're basically like exit screen, right? The party are kind of like self-congratulating. They're like, oh, we, we're, we're excellent. We threw a great <laughs> yeah. party. Like, we, we, this was a really good idea. Sheila's like, oh, thanks for organizing it. I would say, how hard is it to throw a birthday party for a nine-year-old? No, like, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, it's your birthday. Oh my God, it's a perfect. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he must be nine now then. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He he's nine. And then I read there's an episode coming up where he says he's nearly 10. Oh or I don't God. know if we're supposed to assume that he's kind of like i'm nine that means i'm nearly 10 in that kind of kiddie no. way or if literally that much it, time has passed no kids take that shit really seriously yeah they don't say that until they're after nine and a half <laughs> yeah even more than nine and three quarters possibly <laughs> for those more mathematically inclined so yeah the party are there like patting each other and themselves on the back and like lizard men basically just jump in they start um, the first we've seen of them first we've seen the lizard men mr lizardman. a typical lizardman. battle ensues lizardman uh <laughs> typical battle everyone gets used like their power once initiative yep order is run through i did like a, eric uses a present which is actually a, a super violent jack in the box <laughs> yeah, to just, knock, to knock out one so of the lizard men <laughs> yeah if bobby if bobby would i mean bobby's super strong i guess but still what this reminded me of is back in when i did motor mechanics when i was in secondary school i was taking a shock absorber apart and if oh you, my and God, I was yeah. staring right at it and it just shot and hit me in the oh face. That's God. what this is like. It's just a <laughs> giant like, fucking metal spring. This is like when I found out that people who like tune guitars and bass guitars and stuff sometimes just blind themselves and stuff because a, a string just... You don't yep. think about how much tension it's under, but mm. it actually whips and it can fucking rip you apart. Yeah, that's why I would so anyway, always wear safety goggles. Just in case anyone in my party is listening that I'm DMing, mute for the next 30 seconds, because what I, what happens now I think is quite genius. The party basically actually managed to capture the six or so lizardmen that yep. capture them. And then they're ambushed yet again with another <laughs> ring of, of lizardmen. Another wave of lizardmen. Yeah, who then capture Literally. the party. Um, it kind of cuts away so you don't actually get to see a fight but the assumption is there Bobby comes back to the site of the the, the surprise party and um, everyone's gone Dungeon Master's standing there suspicious <laughs> yeah it's like where, oh, where like is everyone got here. <laughs> yeah what's happening here then oh, I know um, for, and like He's like, I know full well exactly what's happened, where they are, and what you need to do to get them back. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, he's like, oh, happy birthday, breaks the news, like he said. And Bobby, in tears, is like, oh my God, I'm alone. Yeah. <laughs> and the Dungeon Master's like, okay, okay, here's a gift. Well, <laughs> and gives him a fucking golden medallion. Well, if he if he was in the Pokemon world, he'd have already been out on his on his own for like two years out capturing <laughs> wild Pokemon. So man up, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, the DM gives him this amulet. The amulet has the Dungeon Master's face on it, but <laughs> so it's an animated version him. of him that eventually starts to speak like the Dungeon Master as well. But basically, yeah, he's giving this like giant gold amulet. I I, um, I thought it was too girly to be an amulet. I called it a locket. Uh, oh, okay. Medallion, I would say maybe. It's a bit bigger, but you're right. It's yeah. like I think a it has a magical purpose. It's an amulet. Oh, I That's see. That's my thing. Uh, medallion. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, and sense. it's not a locket because it doesn't open, mm. even though it does hold the picture of somebody. If it's a medallion, it has to be around the chest of a, a hairy, uh, hairy chest. Hairy chest yeah, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. Between lapels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lapels yeah. To the medallion. <laughs> so this is where Dungeon Master drops his little truth bomb, which is just riddling me re, which is the power of the amulet is in the giving 
not the keeping, and that it will protect him from venture. But when he needs it most, he's got to give it away. And then, then Dungeon Master's like, they're over at those mountains, which we are shown are fucking miles away. <laughs> yeah. They are like in the distance mountains. This isn't is why it like, nearly 10 in a couple of episodes time. Isn't it like a social faux pas to re-gift a gift? <laughs> I think as long as the person who gives it to you doesn't know that you're re-gifting it. <laughs> That's right? debatable. I yeah. think if I, I gave know. someone a gift and they found someone better, because the gifts I give are so good, if they found someone <laughs> better to give it to, I'd be just as pleased. Mm. I don't know. It's like the pay it forward type thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, so mountains, I would say, I walk and hike a lot. I would say two to three days walking. Yeah. Minimum of eight, eight to ten hour days. Probably walking. longer. <laughs> like, uh... Send a nine-year-old out, out over there. Madness. Probably even longer, because as we see, he has to we see him he has to get through some like difficult terrain because he he does his special thing of i'm going to whack my way through a jungle <laughs> yeah, it's just it's madness and keep in mind that he's really got no provisions at all he's no water no food the, the, they never have any no provisions no they don't yeah the, like they, they they have not stocked up on just basic adventuring gear you know that that what's the basic thing that you can buy in dnd5 yeah, explorers pack explorers pack like yeah and yeah. rations like they have not yeah nothing so yeah, well, we, like basically it kind of ignores that and it cuts over to the outside of the volcano. Then inside really quickly, there's this kind of large opening door and the lizardmen come in and basically just drop the party's weapons on the floor <laughs> and Venger is there on his like rotating throne. No, Venger is on the captain's chair from Star Trek because it makes that noise as he well, turns around. It goes... <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of that and it's Dr. No is it Dr. No or Goldfinger it, one of the bonds where it turns around and he's stroking the cat and then yeah. it just like <laughs> magics the weapons over to him but it, like um, the thing that like, if you actually go back and listen to it it literally makes the noise of doors opening in the original Star Trek excellent <laughs> so Hank like begs to be let go and Venger's like no no I need Bobby's club and actually I want you all to die as well <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so he's like Send them to the prison, like send them to the prison of agony straight away. And Kerox escorts them across the bridge, basically does the whole bridge lowering thing, escorts mm. them over and locks the door. And then we see the party kind of standing at the same barred window that we actually opened the episode into, which I thought was quite a nice in episode callback. And they're yeah. like, oh, what about Bobby? Where's Bobby? Uh, well, what's going on? The, once they get put into the prison, we get this little panch like shot of them in the prison. And the, the one thing that jumped to me was the woman in the foreground that was just this horrible obese like spotty thing but just honking great cleavage right there right in the middle of the foreground i was like what some is of the prisoners <laughs> yeah the prison like usually when you tell animators you need just some background faff in yeah things. they they're really generic but the prisoners that they animate throughout this are really like weirdly mm. fucking strange things yeah so yeah we cut out to bobby who's made fucking incredible progress <laughs> <laughs> and, but he doesn't see the prison, right? He's in volcano like land now in the in so, the new biome. Uh, well, and this is it's a hard cut biome again because he he cuts through and he's yeah, like jungle, back, jungle back, one side, yeah, jungle, volcanic, he, volcanic he comes out of jungle and he's on other. top of a cliff overlooking this vast wasteland of volcanoes. <laughs> what? That's it. And he's like looking around, like, what do I do now? And the amulet basically speaks with Dungeon Master's voice, and he freaks out a little bit. He's like. Because he saw the picture from before, mm. I think, but he didn't realise he could talk. Well, I um, thought this was more of a remote communication device. Rather me too. Than, yeah. It's basically the sending stone or something. Yeah. It's a sending stone in a necklace, I guess. And Dungeon Master's like, 
you have to head towards the fiercest fires, which Bobby pretty much immediately figures out is like the big volcano. Like there's yeah. loads of volcanoes, but this one's the biggest. So he starts heading towards that, which is also a very long way away. It's not the nearest volcano at all. So we cut back to the party and they're just chilling in the prison, <laughs> I guess. Like it actually has got a quite a good atmosphere. There's did like you barrels notice and stuff. what Eric was fanning himself yes, with? Yes, I did. Yeah. So Eric mentions getting hard boiled basically. And he's, yeah, he's fanning himself with a Spider-Man comic yeah <laughs> i think diana gives us some jip about she says you're telling me you're, that you're an egghead you've always been an egghead, egghead yeah, yeah yeah which is interesting because he doesn't he doesn't come across as necessarily no i thought no. it was a weird oh, choice of insult yeah it's not either yeah. not a lot of thought had gone into it or we just learned something new about eric or he has yeah. a very odd shaped penis also possible wow. <laughs> <laughs> unlikely <laughs> so yeah they is while he's fanning himself Nick's penis looks like them <laughs> are you asking like that's like just a general like you know theoret- piece of theoretical thinking to throw out into the universe what does Dr. Eggman's penis look like maybe he doesn't really have fun. one is he in a robot shape. is he a robot <laughs> he's probably got a robot no, he's not right he probably no, has Dr. Got a robot dick yeah. um, oh okay do- Dr. Robot dick <laughs> the porn version nice. of Sonic. This is some furry. I bet there's some furry literature oh. out there that's exactly Sonic and Doctor Robotic. Oh no! Yeah. Talking about things that aren't what they are, but should be what they seem. They spot what looks like Dungeon Master across the way from yeah. behind, and Eric goes up to approach him. But you find out that this thing—I couldn't even describe it. Some monstrosity. Like it's got an alligator's like nose, but it's a trunk that's all it's, hairy. Oh, it's I have I it's. I have no idea what this... The, the, what the guy who drew this up from concept um, was taking all the drugs. It reminded me of, and I can't remember the name of the Pokemon, there's a Pokemon that is like this. Yes, it's got yes. a face on the one side, like a fairly you, ordinary you mean face. Maui? And then, Maui. Yes, and it's based on like a Japanese yokai of like the yeah. two-faced woman, and she's beautiful on one side, but when she turns around, she's this hideous Yeah, but this one's, this was like uh, DM from the background. Yeah. <laughs> but that's <laughs> but yes, uh, super creepy. Yeah, Maui is the Pokemon that you're thinking of. Mm. One of my favorites, Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, like this is <laughs> fucked up and starts to back away. And then something, something, a tentacle grabs him around the head and turns him towards it. And it's sort of like an axiotl, but eight foot tall. Yeah. You know, there's little newt things, right? A salamander newt thing. And it's all like, oh, this must be lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As well. And like, and then you just smash guts away. That's it. Like yeah. he freaks out again. And it's just like, Elsewhere, Bobby is basically now outside the main volcano, but this volcano happens to have a moat, I guess, <laughs> because a lizard man is, he sees a lizard man like punting on a, um, yeah. across a ra- on a raft. And so he he waits for the lizard man to go and he basically nabs the, the, the raft. One eruption from this volcano and that is no longer a moat, it's a walkway. <laughs> <laughs> Obsidian. If, if we're following the the Minecraft logic of uh, element, you mix lava <laughs> and water. I love this bit because we cut back to the party in the prison, and fucking Ulysses is there. <laughs> yes, in a cape. In a cape, seventies man with beard yeah. is in a cape, and he's like, "I've heard of you, the the people who stand up to Venger," and he introduces himself as Strongheart. Which made me laugh because no, no first name, no surname, just a care bear. <laughs> like Cher, basically. Or yeah. It just yeah. made me think of the strong hearts from Adob. <laughs> it it's just a care bear name. Yeah. That's what it I know is. he. I and know he's he, even um, wearing care bear type armor. He is a like bit. His armor has little. Flag, I know he proved like, to be on the level, but I just assumed that he was a suspicious I character. Thought he was yeah. evil. So like, there's something yeah. going on here. He's going to lure them into a, what a deeper part of the dungeon. I don't know. <laughs> his part of the dungeon. <laughs> so yeah, he's basically he's been Andy Dufraining his way yeah. out of the prison for some. <laughs> is and like carving I literally around said, 
he's Shawshanking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like he's carved around a block, basically, that he can then push out that leads. It's also behind a giant keg barrel, like a beer. Why barrel, is there a keg? So well, the prisoners can drink something, I guess, and drink. Mm. Yeah, warm maybe it's beer. The, maybe like, it's the bathroom. Prison of agony and everything. Mm. Well, if we're following that, this is a kind of a medieval-esque world. Beer might have been the safest thing to drink. Mm. Mm. Tepid beer. So. They basically climb out through the hole that he's cut in the wall and climb down to one of the absolutely mammoth chains. I mean, the chains are, are a single link is at least like five or six people long. Yeah, the, and they're all four able high. to get on the link, like multiple yeah. on them. And you know this was built by dwarf slaves, so that's even more impressive. Like yeah, it had every, to be built by dwarf slaves. <laughs> to scale, yeah, relatively, <laughs> that is actually yeah more of an achievement. The Lisbon guards from the outside of the caldera are like looking in and they're like, summon the beast or something. And they basically pull a different <laughs> lever. This thing was and amazing. This kind of it's summon the creature. Thing. I love this Yeah, thing. that's it, the creature. Yeah. And it just immediately goes fucking spare and starts running down the chain at them like a snarling beast with four arms. It's blue with white hair. It's got like tendril beard. It's metal as fuck, so it's very apt to its <laughs> it uh, surroundings. <laughs> it's like I, need, I can just imagine Venger going pet shopping for the guard creature for this thing. He's like, I need something that really fits the motif. Yes. <laughs> Give and me your weirdest, savagest creature. <laughs> despite the name, Strongheart immediately orders a retreat. Yeah. Did you see <laughs> the like, way these guys scaled back up the walls? Yeah. Like, well, fucking oh Spider-Man. You Amazing. Were, well, they have been taking notes. Eric's had the manual. <laughs> but you, they I rolled. mean, if that thing was chasing you, you'd move like Spider Man. Oh, fuck yeah. They, they, exactly. They roll well on strength. They're up there really quickly. The thing, they leg it all the way back. This thing is gaining on them the whole time. Because they're like the chain again. Like, we, I cannot under, understate how big the drawbridge is. Yeah. The chain is, is longer than that because it kind of bows a little bit yeah. to hold the thing up to. So they leg it back and they get through the hole just as the beast thing gets to the hole and sticks its head through <laughs> and they're like, holy shit, shot. and then they roll the keg <laughs> like to, to block off its face. I loved that. I'm like, I was thinking like, well, the lizardmen have released this monster beast that's obviously like some kind of last resort. How the fuck do you get that thing back? <laughs> it was super just intense on getting it back over there. This is, what, this, is why they get, this is why they've got Carl. Mm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe true. It's the job, beast yeah. master, basically. <laughs> yeah, creepy as shit. So we cut back outside. Bobby has now landed um, on the punt raft, but he's being watched by this kind of keen-eyed lizardman mm. who immediately goes and reports him to Venger, which is completely pointless because Venger just straight away turns around and it's like, well, go and get him. Yeah. Like what if I yeah, was Venger, I'd have been happen? like, what did you think I was going to say? Yeah. Oh why... great. Let's make a put the kettle on. Why didn't you <laughs> bring this small child in? You know, like what stopped you? Like they need orders for every little thing. Terrible mm -hmm. lizardmen are not to be trusted, basically. The dungeon master, Bob, Bobby's like scaling the, the volcano, but the dungeon master appears in his amulet and is like, hey, Bobby, don't forget that the amulet's magic and will protect you. And he's like, okay. And then as the dungeon master disappears, he sees the reflection of a lizardman behind him yeah. and just jumps out of the way just in time. And the lizardman just pitches himself off the volcano <laughs> and luckily he, grabs uh, onto a, like a spike. Yeah, he, like he does just, his... Like jutting out. He does his best monster mind impression. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, so he gets he gets into a little scrap, basically. The next lizardman grabs his club, which is a huge mistake because Bobby makes it do its glowing thing and just launches him straight up in the air. <laughs> and he's like, say hello to the clouds or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. And he falls on the third lizardman um, and Bobby manages to escape. 
Bobby basically gets into the volcano and he's looking over at the prison of agony and he's th- thinking like, oh, how am I going to get across? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And Venger appears immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like just, yeah, knows he's there anyway. And Bobby's goes for him. He yeah. Proper barbarians mm. out, swings it in with his club and everything. But uh, Venger lobs a kind of blue. He uses all kinds of colors actually, which I find for- interesting for a bad guy. One thing that I noted from this is that it, like if Venger just got off his ass and took on the kids one on one, or at least you know several on one, he's already shown that he can outpower them all collectively. Yeah, and they split the party a lot. Yeah, so, they but, really but actually, do. so so he does. He throws this blue spell ball effectively, but the amulet absorbs it, and Bobby's okay. His um, reaction to this is just priceless because Venger just goes. Ah! Yeah, he's like flabbergasted, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So he's like, all right, Kellogg's taken down. Like, Kellogg's again says, no, I can't do that. He's a child. And Venger's like, you're home. Remember, yeah. I'm going to destroy it if you don't. And he's like, okay, fine. And Bobby gets grabbed. Uni jumps on Kellogg's head and does like a little bucking Bronco routine that makes him like drop Bobby. And Bobby manages to find the lever that launches the uh, drawbridge and hammers it like into place and it comes down. So Kellogg's is going to have to like run and chase him basically across the bridge. They have a little mini battle and Bobby knocks Kellogg's over. So he's like dangling off the edge, but then he's like, I can't. I can't just kill this dude. So I actually ends up helping him up and they're far enough away from Venger at this point, I guess, that they, Kerox is like, I've got a plan. Well, first off, Carl says he's homesick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to be home. I just want to go home. Yeah, and Bob's like, like well, yeah, well, me us. too. And then well, Carl's like, I have a plan. <laughs> They yeah. do. They have a so moment. It's quite nice. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't Kerox specifically tell him like I don't want to be doing this, but Venger will destroy my home world. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, plan, so... the plan's pretty good as well. Yeah. Like Kerox Ker- pretends that the club has fallen into the lava, and Venger gets a bit pissy about it, and like kind of storms off as Kerox then takes Bobby well, to the prison and locks him up. He actually says all right, fine, whatever, lock him up. At least I don't have to worry about the kids. It's like, all right, I might not have the weapon, but the kids are all in jail, so fuck it. Yeah, which is fair. So as he drops Bobby at the gate, Bobby gives him the amulet because he says he'll be back at midnight. He's going to drop the gate at midnight and for the party to be ready. And Bobby hands him the the amulet to say, you might need this to protect you against Venger. And much to Eric's chagrin. Yeah, yeah Eric is immediately just like, no, don't give this. Which Why is you- stupid because Eric doesn't even know what it is at yeah. that point. It's just a fancy necklace to him. It's just gold. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, he is the rich boy. Oh, yeah, that's a, true. They, they're, the, the party are like, oh, our weapons, we really need them and mm-hmm. stuff. And Stronghearts just like, well, I had a golden hammer once. <laughs> apropos of nothing. <laughs> which, <laughs> which let, let's be honest, a golden hammer would be shit. Gold yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. And it's he's like, like, it's in a cell in a dungeon. I'm like, you're in a dungeon. There's like Venger's in Venger's castle, there happens to be cells where he keeps weapons yeah. instead of people. He keeps well people mounted in the agony dis- place. The like display yeah. cells. It's not a dungeon if it's many displayed. Dungeons. It's a museum. Yeah. He's Darkstorm. He's got it's a Darkstorm castle yeah. full of relics and, and antiques, basically. It's just a high security museum. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So <laughs> yeah. Midnight rolls around. Kerox drops the bridge. Bobby smashes through the door because he's got his club back, obviously. Yep. And the party kind of charge across the bridge. I noticed none of the prisoners were down no. for this at all. This escape. Well, they did all appear a bit late, just a few like scenes later. later. Yeah, yeah. They just didn't want to contribute to the initial like battle stuff. I don't really blame them. I mean, they must have seen what happened when Strongheart tried to escape and earlier. They've They're been in there like, a lot. Let's track. just see how this plays out. And they've been in That's there true. a long so talk about time. The, think about that. The monster doesn't get released this time. No. He's um, still out there the somewhere, party, maybe? 
<laughs> scaling the walls looking for other holes the party are kind of halfway across the drawbridge and, and the lizardmen are, are at the lever trying to make it work but obviously it takes it takes like five or six of them and they finally pull it but it just seems to kind of help the party it almost catapults them into <laughs> yeah. Avengers Castle yeah they basically ride it yeah because it, it yeah it comes more and more vertical as it goes mm. and it kind of starts sliding down then it closes and then the lizardmen are like oh shit no now we can't climb up <laughs> five up. floors of, of like Avengers Castle so yeah we basically find the party inside inside Avengers Castle. The way right? it seems, this this drawbridge catapulted them exactly in front of the door where the the weapons yeah. are being. It's yeah, totally. Like, so it's so like, if oh, we design- like, oh, this door's going to be really really hard to open because it's like a safe door, isn't yeah. it? Basically, that they come. It's right like a real to. thick iron door, which Bobby just immediately decimates. Yeah, he just hammers it. Yeah, and 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 you see, like on the wall, is this got is Molinor basically, right? Yeah, Mjolnir, it, it, but golden Mjolnir. Sorry, what level and, is Bobby? And a like what yeah, level? Like, but like he's been there for almost a year. <laughs> yeah, I guess. A year, like, or he just rolled a crit on the door. I don't know. But like, basically, yeah. Like, there's a, there's also a, a feathered plumed helmet that Strongheart puts on that he never mentioned, but also glows with some kind of magical aura. I just assume yeah. it's um, his. I hope he didn't just steal it. It's so true. He was in prison for something. <laughs> Stealing magical artifacts. <laughs> yeah. So the Lizardmen attack. Avenger like burst down a wall, basically, and the Lizardmen yeah. attack. But the Lizardmen have the party's weapons, which I really like. Yeah, this is um, really cool. And they're very proficient with them. Way more proficient than the party is. <laughs> well, the magic one is immediately yeah. like, yeah, well, I, I can do this. Like the thief comes in and like trips them up and everything. Yeah, and they have like a bit of back and forth and the party like, oh, what can we do without our weapons? It, even like the hammer lasts like no time. Yeah. Because Venger summons this two-headed lava dragon thing. Well, the hammer um, gets captured by like an eagle. Like, yeah, so he's like, yes, from yes, the yes, magic, yeah, from Presto. And wizard hat, yeah. yeah. That's it. And Kerox storms in basically as well. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on? Like starts to think about Good helping. But this, this, this two-headed lava dragon, which I fucking love, like the animation was excellent. Yeah, so Avenger summons it out of the floor. Well, he, he actually lightnings the floor and then the yeah. floor breaks apart and then this there's like a, a like an eruption plume of lava that then just forms into this dragon. See, this is where Avenger differs from Darkstorm. Avenger has no respect for his own... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i mean yeah very shortly he does the self-destruct thing doesn't he actually mm. so so yeah the dragon's attacking everyone has a little go but the party basically looked to presto to help and he's like oh, i don't know what i can do and he again like in a previous episode he basically gives up on the rhyme he's like abracadabra oh, i'm never gonna pull this off whatever and he pulls out a fire hose like at full pressure yeah um, <laughs> and it, it's hosing all over the place but it yeah. is actually hosing the dragon and it well, does like basically turns it to stone well right? we get like this comedy bit where you know the typical slapstick thing where Presto's kind of riding the yeah, too hose much pressure, yeah. and then uh, all the rest of the team come over and help him steady it, and they just blast the dragon and yeah it turns to stone yeah Exactly. So Venger's like, fuck, okay, well, what's better than a lava dragon? And it's just all of the lava. <laughs> so he's, he sets off the volcano, basically. Mm-hmm. Self-destruct initiated. At this point, Kerox has kind of fought some of the lizardmen and given the party their weapon back. And he basically goes and gives Venger like a power hug. And he's like, the amulet will protect me. Your magic can't hurt me. Yeah. Avenger's like, we'll, we'll see about that. And he puts them in a bubble, like yeah. both of them are bubble and they basically just fly up into the air and kind of disappear through the ceiling the party start to panic and start to run and escape and they go outside the castle and Venger I think what he did was took the bubble up really high and then just released the bubble and they fell to the floor yeah because Kerox is like looking a bit knackered and Venger can fly or hover at least with his wings right so yeah it, it was just an excuse to get outside in a volcano I think it was a my magic won't hurt you but a great height will <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and and it sort of does because he's yeah. like pseudo prone. And then Venger, even though he's been told this and has seen the amulet, Venger then tries to shoot him with a magic ball that Carol just bounces back. Yeah, with the amulet basically, and it hits Venger, and Venger falls into the caldera. And just before he hits the lava, he kind of TPs away. Yep. The party reopen the drawbridge again. It's sort of like a last minute thing. Hank's like, "Oh shit, the prisoners again!" Yeah, like in the previous episode, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the prisoners. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know, as they're running away, he kind of looks over his shoulder and shoots his bow backwards at the lever that opens the drawbridge, and that's when this like menagerie of fucking creatures comes flooding out of the 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 prison of agony. There's one bit as they're escaping that really made me laugh. That dwarf that we saw Carl throw in the prison right at the beginning, he's climbing up and he falls and Carl's there to pick him up. And as he turns around, Carl is just stood there, proud. He's like got his hand on <laughs> his hips. He's flexing. He's got his hand I've on his hips. He's stood really, <laughs> stood really tall and just like... He's finally getting to do yeah. something good, I guess, yeah. isn't yeah. he? <laughs> it just really made me chuckle the fact that he took the time to stand there and be like, yes, it was me. I am great. Ha ha ha. And it's, it's all time pressure. Like the lava is like rising in the mm-hmm. caldera now it like gets to the chains in the it's, bottom of the what um, was it like the, world three or four in sonic 2 yeah exactly yeah of a rare vertical level yeah and yeah basically lava rises the party escape they flee the volcano and it, 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 it erupts essentially but the, you see venger in the clouds is doing his like metal awesomeness from he did it in a previous episode too mm-hmm. it's like just, a signature move yeah. i create an explosion and i am the mushroom cloud <laughs> yeah exactly like, he's like, i am will pay for this as as he's like yeah it just dissipates into the the night sky basically to be fair if i could make my exit like that every day that would be how yeah. i that, that's like how i leave the office <laughs> you know it's like the ultimate smoke bomb basically, yeah. isn't it that stays in your form so yeah venger gone the party kind of chilling and kerox is he's worried about his home and that venger's just going to go and destroy it so bobby gifts him the amulet Well, because carl gives it back to bobby first and then yeah. he goes and he's like maudlin and like oh my home my home and that's when bobby's like hey take this back because then you can defend your home from venger yeah, it was just nice. One it's, it's literally the Jace McGuffin. Yeah. Like, Venger won't bother you anymore because yeah. you've got the amulet. <laughs> and, well, and then the, Let me tell you about jokes. these lead statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are some jokes about giving gifts on your birthday yeah. that you shouldn't have to, and Eric gets chided. Dungeon Master, I think, comes out and he chides mm-hmm. Eric. He's like, well, he gave you a gift too. The gift of freedom. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, my, my laughter, end, you know. My end note on every single one of these episodes is just the words, Eric jokes. Yeah, just exactly. Eric jokes. <laughs> it's not even like in a Herc way. No. Like no. where the jokes are somewhat deserved it's, and stuff. Like. It's always, Eric is always the butt of the joke for having an opinion, basically. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's wrong, but yeah. It's, yeah, often it's not. So yeah, busy episode. Like the animation was excellent. Oh, I really enjoyed yeah. it. But there's a lot, a lot going on to get in what they got, I think. But yeah. Nice. Uh, full on. It was a really cool episode. Just the most metal as fuck. This is like yeah. a, this this was like a Balsagoth album <laughs> in yeah, cartoon. You could probably mute it. You could probably mm. mute it and listen to just the music of Balsagoth and it would yeah. be this, basically. It's I, the best of the three, I think. I, I don't mind this next one. So we come this on to This one epi- has the best title and it underdelivered on the yeah. title. So we come on to episode nine, Quest of the Skeleton. Which, yeah, it it, it probably l- gives a it's it is the exact same concept from that J, one jace episode with the collector or whatever he was called you know the kind of vampire guy that separated everyone in jace into their own little yeah bubbles. it's the trial of courage isn't yeah it? but the, yeah. there was that do you remember that one episode of jace with the yeah. nightwing collector bat thing yeah 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 so we open 
on a stormy sky and Venger being his metal album best and flying through a thunder, like thunder and lightning on the back of his winged horse. And he lands on the top of a mountain and is very pissed about it. He's like, how dare you summon me? And De- uh, Dekion, who Dekion turns around and is like, yes, master, I summoned you because after centuries, I have finally found, I thought he said the circle of valor at first, but no, it's the circle of power. And we see kind of like the shadow of Deki on a little bit and one eye and there's a bit of lightning flashing. He is the skeleton to which the title of this episode talks of. And yeah, so he tells Benger that the circle of power is forever beyond their reach in the lost tower of the celestial knights. And then he points out the tower. Not lost. It's, it's not lost. It's an unmissable tower. <laughs> the, the fucking... This is, so, this is so the ring of light of the spectral knights mm, yeah. as well. Like this, when they said celestial knights, I was like celestial knights, spectral knights. This is the, the oh my god, it's converging. He's a visionary, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so he's saying yes, only uh, one who is fit to be a central a central knight, <laughs> a celestial knight, can enter. They must be pure of heart, so they can survive the test of courage. And Venger, <laughs> he's like, well, it can't be you, Venger. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a bit <laughs> sassy. Because, yeah, it can't be Venger. I think he says because you've kept me alive all these years against my will, something yeah. like that. He, he, so Venger has not got a pure heart. No, he's well, got to I know that. I, guess. I think he does. It's just pure evil. That's true. It's not specified. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Also, the, the the implications here that Dekion has been kept alive in centuries. skeletonized form for centuries against his will. Well, that's that's dark. Yeah, but you know he deserved it. From what we we find out later, it was it was it was, it was penance. Anyway, Benger then kind of says, "I know of six people who are pure of heart." So he's planning to use the team to get in to the tower, and like, so they're going to go get the ring. Sort of a backhanded compliment. In yeah. A way. Mm. We then cut to the gang crossing a canyon on the ricketiest of road bridges in the middle of this fucking storm. Eric's immediately like, we shouldn't have come this way. They we'll... should not have come that way. <laughs> it was a bad no. Yeah, nothing like, good is happening here. Or at least they should not have come this way during this storm. They should have got to that bridging on. Let's. What, should we wait for? Should we wait and see yeah, if it dies yeah. down a what bit? What kind yeah. of time pressure are they under at this <laughs> yeah, point? Exactly. You know, <laughs> like five minutes, sort of, ten minutes. Well, you know what kind dinner? of time pressure we're on. The d- dungeon master has told them that they have to go that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Eric's like, we're lost. And Sheila points out that they're always lost in this world, so it doesn't matter. Bobby starts to freak out because he looks down, and so Uni does as well. And just as they're freaking out, DM appears on the bridge right in front of them and stops the storm because the storm stops at this point completely. I was totally sus here. Like, Dungeon I Master it was, looked and sounded a bit weird. I thought it was Venger. I yeah, thought it was just too. bad animation. <laughs> yeah, it was bad animation, but also the sound but, quality of yeah. his voice yeah. didn't sound like him. And I thought, I thought they were playing the Venger. This is Venger, right? yeah, Venger, because yeah. like, we've seen he can be disguised or take the form of other things before. When he took the form of was it Horace the Hogwarts Hobble thing, <laughs> the guy, yeah, yeah. yeah the halfling, halfling. That's it, ha- Hank the halfling. So, Hank, can we can we pause for a moment and consider how stupid the name Hank is? Um, yeah, I don't think his name was actually Hank. I Isn't it short for Harry or something? No, but Hank no, is like the Hank, main character. The character, the character. Oh, yeah, Hank, yeah. It's, it's such a, an American, yeah. like, man. He, he might as well have been called Chad. Chet. Yeah, Chet. Exactly. Oh, Chet, <laughs> is the wor- Chet is the worst name. <laughs> anyway, like, I just, Americans I just, uh, like, no offense to any of our American <laughs> listeners, but you don't understand what names are. 
Yeah, sport is like someone's name. Like you can't be calling people sport. Anyway, so Dungeon Master appears before them on the bridge and he tells them that they are about to he tells them about the the lost tower of the celestial knights, which isn't that lost because they're about to walk into it. And he says that there may be a way for them to get home in there. Eric asks what the catch is, and the Dungeon Master tells them that to get the power to go home, they must overcome what they fear the most and defeat the enemy within themselves. Test of Courage 101. Dungeon Master then immediately disappears in time for the bridge to break. It's like he knew it was going to break. So that he's not is gonna, pretty suspicious. Not going to tell them, just going to disappear, let the bridge break. So the bridge breaks, they all swing up against the, the wall uh, or the cliff face, and they have to climb up the bridge as it were a ladder and eric just climbs over everyone immediately just like fuck this i'm out and just climbs they up. they get pissy but they're not fucking climbing no no at the bottom, he's at the bottom of the yeah. rope bridge and no one above him's climbing so yeah. he climbs over them legit i would yeah. do that too completely like if you ain't moving you you, you get left behind he's yeah. in like armor and carrying a big heavy shield yeah. like he needs to move Everyone else is yeah. wearing everyone else is wearing medium to light armor. Like the next every like Hank's wearing kind of like medium armor because it's leather, studded leather armor. Everyone else is light armor. Thief, barbarian, yeah. acrobat, wizard. It's all light armor. This isn't a British queue. No, like, this, this is, is life. Your life. <laughs> so they climb up to the top and Eric like Eric gets up there first and Dekion is behind him, kind of puts a hand on his shoulder. Another and, undead touching him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric freaks out and starts kind of backing away. And Dekion shoots him with laser hands, magic. Yeah. <laughs> and at which point Hank then shoots Dekion, because Hank gets to the top, and he shoots Dekion with his bow. And Dekion rolls like a perfect nat 20 in uh, like reflexes and whatever, and just catches the arrow and breaks it. I'm like, no fucking, no fucking way. No, no. I know that's a monk skill. I was a monk yeah. and had that thing. As a reaction, you can roll something yeah. to catch it, and then you can roll again to throw it and use it as a weapon, which he didn't do. So, not quite the nat 20. But. Yeah. So, Hank shoots him. Diane then fails to do whatever she's trying to do. Presto tries to TP him away, but summons a telephone. And hands it to him going, I think it's for you. And he just crushes the phone in his hand. It's your mom. It's It's your your mom, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He just crushes it. He's like, my mom died thousands of years ago, ago. you callous bastard. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Bobby, man, like steps on. He's like, come on, pick on someone my size. Well, but he's kind of distracted with Bobby. Sheila's gone invisible and has stolen his sword. Uh, At which point, Dekion's just like, I just want to talk. I just like, mate, you went the wrong way about yeah, talking. Yeah, your opening gambit was to attack. And well, this is what the the guys say. They're like, but you ha- attacked. And he's like, no, your friend was just so freaked out. It's like you shot him <laughs> with attack. a magic yeah, exactly. laser down. <laughs> it's like it's it's the D and D equivalent of slapping someone in the face. <laughs> You're hysterical, man. Fireball. <laughs> <laughs> so we then cut, uh, like they say, okay, yeah, fine, we'll hear you out. But Hang's like, we'll keep your sword because <laughs> they're still a bit sus. And so we then smash cut to them sat around a campfire with Dekion. And Dekion puts on a hell of a theatre production. He's telling them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he tells them that he used to be a celestial knight and that they were a band of warriors that traveled around on eagle back or warrior bird or whatever they're called, fighting evil wherever ever they go. And because he says they're a band of warriors, we get Eric jokes. And he's like, oh yeah, what instrument did you play? And everyone just ignores him. It's yeah. very much kind of, anyway. Yeah, but he's like, like Dekion's like 
conjuring a little uh, warrior bird out of the flames of the fire and then later on he's like creating smoke and it's it's a very dramatic production he's yeah he's changing his shadow with the size of the fire yeah. and stuff like, I, I put yeah, on he here he does he does a mean shadow theater yeah definitely and yeah he says they used to fight the evils of the world but his companions are all gone and he's been trapped as a skeleton by an evil wizard Dekion then goes on to tell him that the only way to break the spell that's cast on him is to use the circle of power but it's trapped in they keep calling it the lost tower which uh which <laughs> you the, hate it you hate it so much <laughs> lost things lost the things lost that are found do you, do you also hate lost and found bins <laughs> because they're not actually lost are they it's well, just no. a found bin it's no. not a lost and found bin yeah it's a found bin it is you are right it is just a found bin because <laughs> if it was lost no one would have it lost um, by one person doesn't count as lost, lost no. if someone else knows where it is it's yep. not lost Steep, steep man. <laughs> it's, it's a bugbear of mine that I really. Uh, anyway, he says yes. It's in the lost tower, uh, but the same spell that has turned him into a skeleton prevents him from entering. Sheila just immediately. I think she's DTF with skeletons, really. She's really into Dekion, and Eric isn't. And, <laughs> she's down to bone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Hank immediately is like, no, no, let's help him. So we then smash cut to the team in front of the tower, and Sheila describes the tower as skinny yes. not an adjective i would use to describe a building no god look it's like, that oh that building's church. really skinny yeah she's oh, a teenage girl I yeah <laughs> she's only mate, 13 mate, my, my house is gay my house is so fat a fat with a ph no no <laughs> god what was the so 90s fat, <laughs> that was that was like the early 2000s wasn't it that was like the, yeah the new metal era anyway Good times. Sheila says the tower is really skinny and wonders what holds it up. And Dekion tells her it's held up by the same magic that stops him from entering. So it's also the same magic that keeps <laughs> him. Stop asking questions. It's magic, woman. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. And Eric goes to go and opens the, the door to the tower, and there's a padlock on there. So he immediately turns about and goes to leave. It's just like, well, <laughs> no, we tried. <laughs> we did everything we could. <laughs> and Bobby heads over and just smashes the padlock with. Despite his being a thief, at no point does Sheila ever pick any locks. No, I know. She doesn't really do anything super thiefy, <laughs> does she? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. she she is Sue Storm. That's true. She's just Sue Storm mm. from Fantastic yeah. Four. Woman with the power to make herself disappear because it's the sixties, and we just want you to be quiet. <laughs> Like, it would only be more apropos if when she disappeared, like, the you know how, like, when Frodo puts on the ring, he's got that, like, the, the kind of weird yeah, ethereal ring thing. Vision, yeah, so whenever she goes invisible, it's just like a 1960s kitchen and some ironing on the side. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's in another plane of existence. Just darning socks. Yeah. Just darning socks, yeah. guides on the wall of, like, how to keep your husband happy. Don't <laughs> nag him when he gets home from work. Just give him his whiskey and his pie. <laughs> yeah, three-course dinner. And so... The team head into the tower, and it's a TARDIS. It is a TARDIS, yeah. <laughs> it's immediately. much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And Dekian says he will wait for them in the ruins to the east. For no apparent reason. More on those ruins later. The team head in, but they're pretty spooked out, and there's loads of like statues and gargoyles all over the place, and whenever the team aren't looking at them, they have glowing red eyes. But when the team look back at them, they're just normal. And the team are progressing through, and then one of these uh, gargoyles behind Sheila starts its eyes glowing, and it's it must be humming or something, because she kind of gets that, like, what's looking? She turns around nothing and then as she turns back it kind of reach out, reaches out and grabs her cloak but it's kind of like she, she kind of thinks i think that she just snagged herself on it 
this like snagged her cardi. And she pulls herself free, but the rest of the group have got a little bit ahead. And she's like, hey, wait up for me, and runs after them. Then a hole appears in the middle of the floor. She zips down, and it just closes up behind her. And Bobby just runs over. He's, like, bashing at it and crying. Just like, no, Sheila, Sheila. Like, no eight-year-old boy liked his big sister that much, ever. He's he's, no. in, he's in pretty extraneous circumstances. Though, Still, no, don't care. That like, I have known, I obviously don't have an older sister, but I knew <laughs> many of my friends as a kids with older sisters, and they all hated them. Mm-hmm. No comment. <laughs> Same. I mean, I, as an older sister, it, like a lot of my friends, we all had crushes on like various friends' older sisters. So I think that might have been part of the reason why they hated hated them so much. It's like my friends like you more than me. She basically falls into like a plane of existence that's a bit like the background to a, the Dali painting with the melted clocks. Yeah, it's and actually stuff. really cool. Well, there's a lot of like weird art stuff going on this because yeah, this she's, is a trippy episode visually actually. So mm. yeah, she we don't really see much of it at first, but then yeah, we cut back to Bobby who's sad. Then we cut to Sheila. And, yeah, she's in like a vast open plane with like wisps of dust floating through the air and just an odd rock around, and there's no one. It's just echoing, and we find out that she is scared of being alone so this is her biggest fear i'm like wow you need to get comfortable with yourself she's 13 yeah, is that a fear like being, like alone? being alone yeah monophobia uh, i now, didn't even know that was actually a legit thing yeah hank fucks up and splits the party so immediately afterwards like they're walking along and hank just sees uh what i called the mc escher room and yes. says, <laughs> says i'm gonna go look in this twisted ass fucking room you keep an eye on bobby to diane walks in this room and the door just like it weirdly kind the of door of hexagons that yeah. grow and multiply like cells <laughs> yes it just like seals up behind him and diane's like banging on it and hank's like i have no idea how to get out i best go up the stairs well first he tries shooting at the wall oh yeah just in case well i mean you know that's fair that's fair. That's all he's got but there's, it's there's the fact that like do. you've come in on one level and you're like oh how do i get out i know i'll go upstairs it's like in horror films when everyone's anyone's been chasing they always <laughs> run upstairs i'm like no that's not you where you never go, go upstairs. out of that yeah. <laughs> presto then tries tries magic but instead of making himself appear where hank is it makes him and eric appear in some wood somewhere it's almost like the swamp from mm. the episode seven. Yeah, yeah, very Actually, much so. I think it might have been the same background. Because, I mean, hand-painting backgrounds, you might as well use some of them. Oh, definitely. Especially when it's just like an imaginary plane as well. You can afford to be a bit mm. loose. Yeah, like you say, Hank tries to shoot his way out, and then he starts heading up the stairs. And as he's heading up the stairs, they just start dip- disappearing behind him. So he's like having to leg it up these stairs. And I thought this was going to be kind of like, he's just eternally running upstairs. Oh, <laughs> that'd be horrible. That's that's his, that's his big fear is stairs. He's he's got oh, the Charles. He's got the he Charles really Xavier fear. Stairs. <laughs> yeah, he mutters something like, "Oh, some leader I turned yeah, out to be." Yeah, he says a couple of times. Actually, just which is le- legitimately true because he mm. did leading is up. not just abandoning people. No, he he did just go. You carry on. I'll be I'll be over here. But we cut back to Eric and Presto, and Eric is kind of laying into Presto, saying, oh, your magic is is so bad. You know, people laugh at you all the time. I'd be scared to leave the house if I was a nerd like you. And uh, I know, right? It's the one time Eric's actually been pretty harsh. Just as he's calling Presto a nerd, a giant bedsheet, right, Mm -hmm. just comes out of a, a, a river. It's like... Seemingly. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And just covers Eric 
And then it's as, like not even a ghost until it lands on him and yeah. takes the form of generic sheep ghost thing. It well, is I think just that's just because it's right. on him. On him. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. It, it it's on him. We hear a little noise, and the the bed sheet removes itself, and. Eric's face has transformed. It's, I would say he's got an ass's face. Yeah, yeah, donkey face. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But yeah, ass Presto face. goes, "You're a nerd." <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, that's not a nerd. What? <laughs> Unless they mean like, because if you have ever had nerds, the the sweet, the little characters oh, the on the, nerds. the yeah, yeah, yeah. They, maybe no, this was a reference know. to the sweet. I don't sweet. know if it was just a, a, a badly executed thing. It would have made more sense <laughs> if. Eric could have been like, Presto, you're terrible at your magic, you're an ass. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have said that in a kid's cartoon in the 80s, though. <laughs> you're an ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pushing it. But it's very definitely an ass's face. He's got ears as well, hasn't he? So, it's very Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, it's definitely an ass's face. And Eric pleads with Presto to ask him to help and turn him back. And just as Presto agrees and tries to, I thought this was a banshee. I thought these were banshees. Mm. Yeah, like a mm. wraith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it swoops in and steals his, or knocks his glasses off his face. And then the banshees are just swirling around the top, mocking Eric, like, look at him. Look at the one with the stupid ears. <laughs> no, and the stupid <laughs> And then they they mock Presto as well, like, ah, he can't even see. His magic's rubbish. And then they kind of attack. And as they kind of go into attack, we cut to Bobby and Diane, who are having a nice time in a hall of mirrors just wandering through uni looks in one of the mirrors and sees like a a beast man thing yeah like and an he gets monster, really right yeah gets really freaked out and runs after bobby going uh kind of brings them back to the mirror to make them look at it and bobby's like oh there must be something in the mirror and as they look at it bobby and diane see themselves as young and old respectively so bobby's like a baby and diana's like a withered haggard old woman but oh my god i take serious issues it's terrifying how, how they drew her face <laughs> It's like big, long... Mm. So, you know the first ever episode of The X-Files when they dig up that body and it has the long face? Yeah. That's what this is. Like, <laughs> that, it, it, the, the, the imagery of Diane Old is fucking horrific. It's it's terrifying how she transforms, actually, isn't it? Yeah, because as they're looking in the mirror, they're like, oh, that's not us. And they start to transform. Like, So she starts to age and Bobby gets younger and younger and he's like tiny little baby barbarian going, I want to be baby, I want to be baby. And Diane is so old, she can't hold what she says is her javelin. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a quarter staff. It's a quarter it's staff. Just a staff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, javelins are pointy. This is not but, fucking pointy. Uh, I would like recommend, I didn't actually like this episode much, but the animation school, but that bit of them transforming is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. Her face and her body shape, it all it's, changes yeah. completely yeah. into this like horrible, like visage. Yeah. And then as they are completely enfeebled in their states, they are encroached upon by zombies. Do you know what I only just clocked is you don't actually find out what uni's greatest fear is. Beastmen. <laughs> just seeing a beastman in a mirror. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Uni has no fears. Maybe she's at peace with us. Yeah, unicorns, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, we then cut back to Hank, who's still running upstairs. What isn't that a fucking eighty song? Running up that hill. Running up yeah, that hill. Yeah, Kate Bush. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Is Kate Bush? Because <laughs> it was like when I was watching it, I'm just thinking. I was thinking like, what the hell is that song? What the hell is that song? <laughs> Thank you, it's Kate Bush. I'm gonna have to listen listen to that after this song. You don't though. like Kate Bush though. I like that song. Okay, that is a great song. <laughs> Like, Withering Heights is a terrible fucking song. How dare you? In no, front of me, like, a woman. No, I am not saying anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what is it about people with vaginas and their diehard love of Kate Bush? Because she's 
just this magnificent witchy siren and we were all like that's what i want to be when i grow up and we can't because of capitalism <laughs> where do you stand but she was <laughs> yeah because of capitalism wasn't she i actually well, don't know much about her i i know of wuthering heights is that that it's me it's and kathy me, or, yeah. Come home yeah. or something <laughs> That's, I don't know anything about Kate Bush burst into that, song. Yeah, Everyone knows that song. About it, yeah. it, it's a terrible song, and running up that hill is a banger of a song comparison. <laughs> anyway, enough Kate Bush. Back to the, the Hank in his stairs. So he's running upstairs, and they're they're disappearing, and we can see behind the stairs that it's space. Yeah, he's like his reality space. is yeah. melting away, yeah. right? <laughs> And he manages to get to the top of the stairs and starts running down a hall, but it turns into a, a dead end. And the, the hall just completely disappears and he falls down into what I term the prize room. Because it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like the prize at the end of a game show. What's behind curtain number one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's found the circle of power. It's kind of on a spike. It's, it's just it's, sort it's, of... What's the game? It's hoops. It's ring toss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's It's a ring toss at the fair. You know, you have to throw it onto spikes. Maybe maybe this is like a callback because they were at a fair when they got sucked in. The ring toss Uh, is how they get home. I Uh, think the animators just couldn't figure out how else to do a ring of power, circle of power. Oh my God. If every episode is actually like an an attempted analogy at a different (laughs) thing at a fun fair, I've missed the last eight episodes. (laughs) Yeah. I think they fucked up the like the, the the story writers and everyone fucked up calling it the circle of power. Although I know they needed it for narrative reasons. One they can like you know the circle must be broken. Blah blah blah. Vicious circles. Oh yeah, yeah. the ring of power. Yeah, ring better. ring of power would have worked better. Oh oh, Valley of Unicorns episode four is a carousel. Mm. Yes. Okay, that's that, okay. That's some yeah, we'll think work. about it for yeah. next episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So Hank goes to grab the circle of power, but then he hears the rest of his team, their cries and wails of agony and fear and all the malign shit that they're going through. He goes to the net, like whatever was behind curtain number one and uncovers this orb. He can see like everyone in this orb and he can, he can see them all suffering and he falls to his knees and starts crying and just going, I'm a bad leader. I'm bad at my job. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's, as he's bemoaning his own circumstance and that he is shit, he goes, wait, I know now this is my fear. And he basically figures out that all he has to do to win is not be afraid, which when you when you face someone with their, their biggest fear and you just go, don't be afraid. That's not like, how oh, fear oh, works. Thanks, I'm cured. How conceited is he though <laughs> that his biggest fear is being a bad leader? But I think that's once the, that's the thing he is scared of the most. Once you have like a bit he, more context, like once I found out all their ages and realized that as the oldest, he's still only like 15, 16 years old. And he's responsible for these kids in this horrific world that there is no escape from. The idea of doing them wrong, well, because he's the oldest, right? There's just that kind of natural, he's the oldest, he's the guy. You know, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that that's the way it should have been, but, Mm. you know, I, with that context, I get that his fear is I'm going to fuck up and my friends are going to suffer for it. How much older is Eric? Oh, how much older is he? I think Eric is like 15. So about the same age. Same school year, but Mm. younger or something. Mm. All right, fair enough. So as as he, as Hank realizes that he just, doesn't need to be afraid. He shouts into the orb. Uh, first, that Sheila's like, Sheila, don't be afraid, you dumb bitch. <laughs> and she's so like, I umbrance with this though, because she's like, wait, 
I'm not alone. And he's like, yeah, you're not alone. She's like, oh, well, I'm not scared then. Yeah. That's not facing your no, fears. No, she doesn't overcome no, her fear at all. You're just, you're, <laughs> by, just, you're bypassing your fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's just like, oh, I'm not afraid. And as soon as she says that, she's TP'd to Hank in the prize room. Then Hank, I, I, Hank shouts at Presto and Eric, don't be afraid. And I, he actually doesn't really do much because this is more Presto. Presto just is like, fuck it, I'm going to find my glasses and finds his glasses. Again, not facing your fears. No. Very, uh, what was he is like, I don't that. need to see to cast a spell. Yeah. But then he's like... So I don't know if his fear is being blind or being a rubbish magician. Yeah, it wasn't clear what Presto's actual like if, fear is. If I have my is. glasses being... on, I'm a better yeah. wizard, which we know is not true. I, I had a lot of problems with this whole bit, basically. Yeah. Because they set it up to be something and then they just it had just... to rush through it all. But yeah. 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 I mean, he did summon a fucking aircraft, aircraft carrier. carrier. He did that was really impressive. <laughs> yeah. Impressive, yeah. So, because as he gets his glasses back, Eric glasses back. Eric is like, "Hey, get us out of this shit! Like, save us from the banshees! Summon a fucking aircraft carrier!" And the one time his his magic is going to work, he summons something that actually is useless. Because <laughs> how does yeah. the aircraft carrier protect them in any way, shape, or form? Because they're just stood on deck and the banshees are still just flying around. <laughs> it's like, well done, Eric. You Ask for the dumbest shit, but nevertheless, nevertheless, like Eric's like, oh, I start, I've started feeling better already, and his face kind of turns back, and they get TP'd to Hank as well again really for get, no reason. No, Eric yeah, I don't really get what Eric Eric's, is supposed to have overcome here. Eric's biggest fear is being Presto, oh, and that's yeah. how he sees <laughs> Presto. <laughs> maybe, yeah, or is it just kind of feeling bad about himself? So once he felt better, mm, maybe I don't know. No, I, I don't know why we're trying to figure this out because it was no. just not well done. No. But, the last one is the worst of all because they're, they're all there and they're looking at Diane and Bobby and Diane was kind of like cat covered over Bobby trying to protect him and the zombies are encroaching and Presto just shouts at them not to be scared and they are immediately TP, TP back into back to normal. There's no, there's apart from you may see Bobby going, I'll fight them in baby form and that's it, they're just TP yeah. back. There's no like, reckoning and this was genuinely like a scary situation. Yeah. Like you're this ancient, weak, crone and you're protecting a baby from a horde of oncoming zombies like that's not a good place to be no definitely not yeah so they they all get drawn back and they get the they get the circle of power and they head out eric expresses a bit concern a bit of concern about giving the the circle of power to Dekion. rightly fucking so he works avenger again eric's on the on the ball he's a good yep. judge of character yeah but group think yes so they go to meet Dekion at mountaintop stonehenge <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> it is just Stonehenge on a mountain. It's not like the animators went. What if Stonehenge, but mountain? <laughs> Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> Arguably, yes, it would be more dramatic, and it it, it does. <laughs> it would be further away from motorways, unlike actual Stonehenge. <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive there. They're about to give the circle of power to Dekion when Dungeon Master appears and tells them to think twice about it. And I'm still at this point. I was still like, is this Venger? Same. Yeah. Exactly. I thought he was going to take the ring. Yeah. He was like, no, no, I'll take it from you. Don't worry. Uh, but Dekion is about to draw his sword because he sees Dungeon Master. He's like, yeah, Dungeon Master. And Dungeon Master says, no, I feel I feel that the, the gang should know the truth. And Dekion kind of cows down and Dungeon Master just saunters over and sits on a rock and he's like, tells the story of Dekion, basically. And Dekion used to be a celestial knight, as he said. What does Dungeon Master call them? The the withered or the, the, the tired or the beleaguered uh, I nearly said spectral knights, uh, <laughs> celestial knights. They were they were kind of like you know tired and withered, and Dekion lured them into a trap at the promise of a king's ransom. 
And I think we can infer, although it's never explicitly said at this point, it's Avenger who he betrayed the, the, the I keep wanting to say Spectral Knights, <laughs> the Celestial Knights to. Dungeon Master then tells the team that Dekion has suffered and bad deeds do come back round full circle and can only stop when the circle is broken. What are you chatting on, you little fucking midget? <laughs> yeah, this makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> they just wanted to do some wordplay with circles. That's what this entire episode is based on. It's like, oh, mate, break the circle, vicious... Like, I think this this the, the writing of this episode was pre- predicated by one of the writing circle... Writing... <laughs> one of the writing <laughs> circle <laughs> hating someone else in the circle. No, no, just like doing guys. doing that joke of like, what's this? <laughs> With the hands like a vicious circle. <laughs> and the terrible. rest of the team were like, make it an episode and like, go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it did re- they did seem to really phone it in. But anyway, Hank doesn't know what to do and he's like, Oh, Dungeon Master, should we get should we should we help Dekion or not? And he turns around Dungeon Master is gone, but Venger answers in his place. And Venger is like, no, I will take that from you. And he's like flying in on horseback, doing his A-top entrance again. And he attacks. He gets the managed to get the circle from Hank. And Dekion asks Venger to turn him back to being human. But Venger is like, no, you didn't hand me this, so I owe you fuck all, mate. <laughs> Should have read the small print. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Venger basically like holds the ring like a halo, and yeah. I thought he was going to actually let go of it, and it was going to become a halo. Good but instead, amazing. he just ends using like a cannon that blasts <laughs> yeah. his party so good it's so fucking funny but yeah it just it was very much a i have altered the terms of the deal pray i don't alter them any further so hank then goes to take a shot at venger to try and shoot the circle to break it and as this is happening venger saying don't worry Dekion, you will have six more skeletons for company soon and he zaps hank while he's taking aim and we don't get to see much of it, but like this was starting to be a fucking horrific transformation for Hank. Because you just <laughs> yeah. start to see his skin melting. And I thought they were going to go full bore and just have his skin melt off his body a bit. Yeah, it looked odd. Yeah, like his his light like his, his skin becomes really drawn and looks like it's just about to kind of fall off his body. But as that's happening happening, Dekion shoots Venger to stop the process and he kind of barrels Hank out of the way and Dekion's like, I've been inspired by your courage and goes to take on Venger. So he's been inspired into idiocy. <laughs> it turns out his sword is a laser gun. Yes. As well. <laughs> just Well, you know, it's celestial knight, magic swords. This is a tech sword, surely? Laser gun? Well it's magic laser. Okay, I guess. It's not visionaries. We don't have to question (laughs) technology or magic. (laughs) (laughs) So the two, uh, Venger and Dekion, have this power battle, power blaster battle. Like They're just blasting each other with magic back and forth while the rest of the team are like in cover behind some rocks. And even though they've already figured out what it is, Presto is just like, ah, the power of... The circle, we need to break the circle. I'm going to go and get the circle. And just like parrots back what Dungeon Master had said while running out from cover to go and grab the circle. And Presto does some like, you know, he rolls some good acrobatics here. Yeah, this is a hero run yeah. out into open battle, basically. Yep. Like Presto, of all the people to do it, this is a Diana moment. Yeah, or, or even, why didn't Sheila turn invisible and go yeah. get it? He literally runs out into fire. It's mad. Presto, balls of steel. 
But yeah, he does. He grabs the ring and does like a forward roll with it. He's like, I've got it, Hank, shoot it. At which point, like, Hank draws back his bow and shoots it. Instead of just holding it so he can shoot it, Presto lobs the ring in the air. Yeah. You know, make make an amazing shot, Hank. Hank has, like, you know, the best dexterity rolls ever. He is yeah. rolling natural 20 after natural 20 on his shots. Because, yeah, he shoots the shoots it. Although I guess it's kind of like, um, what's it, ski shooting? Yeah. Shock. Is ski. It, he's, ski. Yeah. 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 He's got, he's got ring shooking arrows. I almost said shock put shooting. Shot. That would be a different sport. <laughs> shock put. <laughs> like, if you, if, if you, like, you know, like, shock put throw. If the if that was combined with ski shooting. But electrified. Oh, right. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. Shock put. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking like shot put, uh, but like you've got a guy with a shotgun shooting it. As you- <laughs> that would be a sport I'd like, watch. nothing would happen to the shot put. <laughs> <laughs> like it'd be dented, basically. Yeah. Ding, ding. <laughs> but like the danger of ricochets could if make you it a really th- entertaining sport. If you had to throw sport. it and then shoot it yourself, that would be impressive. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like gun in one hand, shot put in the other. Oh, this this is the, like the new ultimate frisbee, isn't it? Frisbee You'd be shot. spinning as well. There'd have to be bulletproof <laughs> glass all over the place. Yeah, I don't think it's going to catch on. Oh, I want on, this. I want this. Honest. Olympics 2024 or whatever, 26. Anyway, they they shoot the ring, which creates a tornado, like a twister. Yep. A magical twister, which just immediately yeets Venger across the map. <laughs> Yeah, poor Nightmare. She's yeah. having a hell of a day. Just gets blown away. Do you think, like, night, like if Nightmare and Uni were put together, would they get along? Would they hate each other? Like, what's the relationship between Nightmare oh, and Uni? No, it's got to like, be Shadow the... Mane. Shadow Mane and Nightmare, surely. Mm. Oh, man, could you... Like, if they bred... The ultimate oh, horse. Yeah. Like, that's what Venger fucked up. He shouldn't have been trying to steal the unicorns. He should have been trying to breed them with his fucking horse. I agree. Completely. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wholly agree, yeah. Yeah. It's just like oh, what, oh, I could have control. What a beast. I could teleport, or I could start a breeding factory for just death horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Venger's yeeted away, and Dekion's kind of in the middle of this torn magic tornado, and it just starts doing some magic stuff to him, and he turns into handsome dude with dodgy hat. And as soon as he comes out of this tornado he blows a whistle and his warbird arrives he's been like how old is this fucking bird it's just been loitering nearby for centuries it's still got a harness and saddle yeah, and everything ready to go and uh, everyone's just like oh my god no and then bobby's like super impressed that he's about to mount this bird and as Dekion flies off he's, he turns back and goes thanks very much for all your help guys i'll look for a way home for you and if i find anything i shall return yeah okay Dekion. <laughs> yeah eric's like we're never going to see him again <laughs> and i would fair yeah it's true i i i didn't write this down because it really annoyed me because they actually wasted time in the episode on them walking away and summarizing everything about the vicious circle ring it yeah my note literally says the team walk off in an exposition dump for idiots like this is this is in case you didn't get the ring bit yeah harping about and then we finally get eric jokes again i forget which the eric joke was but you can always assume that D ends on eric jokes because we have to we have to like make fun of the outcast apparently yeah we've got to bring that individual back in line with humiliation so yeah definitely 
yeah, like not as good as the first the first six episodes. But no. good animation throughout really, actually, but the, the last episode was just too busy. Some they tried so much. Great concepts in there. There's like there's individual bits and pieces that you could take yeah. out of these episodes and do a lot more with. But they did just try and cram a lot in. And there's like the whole prison of agony, like that episode, there's so much to love in that episode. That's yeah. one that I really, really remember. Like the minute that What's his face? Kellogg, Kerak appeared on screen. Yeah, it all I came rushing back stuff. to me. So yeah. interestingly, when I went to start watching the last episode, the what's it called again? Quest of the Skeleton Warrior. That I'd already, I'd already watched that on my YouTube thing, like a couple, a few years ago. Really? Yeah, because it, it, it was like three quarters of the way done when I started playing it. Of all the episodes that you picked, if I was going by name, you could see why I would choose that one, yeah, right? But yeah, then you get in there true. and it's just like a skeleton having an essential crisis, and it's just, it really underdelivers. <laughs> the skeleton is a really small part of that overall. Most of it, it should have been like the lost tower that isn't lost. Or the, the <laughs> faces of fear or something. It, it, yeah, he was a very small part of it, and he was immediately less interesting when he wasn't a skeleton anymore. It was a very Beauty and the Beast type moment for me. So he did, and like stylistically, kind of look like Skeleton Warriors, mm. that cartoon, yeah. which is one that I would be interested in doing as well because that's really cool. So yeah, skeletons are cool. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Scary, spooky skeletons. <laughs> but yes, that has been another three episodes of D and D. I'm hoping the things shall pick up a little bit. Now we were talking about this earlier. Was it? So you were saying that there is like a, a fan animation of them get the episode where they get home for this? Yeah. Yes. Last episode, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we'll probably do, I think we should do like a special for that because there might be a lot more to unpack. Yeah. I think mm. essentially like the cast or somebody did like a reading of the script mm -hmm. and then someone's taken that reading and put animation against it. So mm. interesting. We'll, we'll find it. Yeah. yeah. We're still way off yet. Though, oh, yeah, yeah, was, definitely. Yeah. Fair few episodes. Yeah. So until next week, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Still not really thought of a sign off for the D&D &D episode. You just do the boring, you know, social media and yeah, you know where you can find are. us, yeah. communicate with us. Yeah, exactly. Yes, communicate with us. The team at ProteinRamblings.com via email, Twitter at ProteinRamblings, Instagram at ProteinRamblings, Facebook slash ProteinRamblings. And don't forget to like and leave, sub like, subscribe. This isn't fucking YouTube, <laughs> but do, do like, like and subscribe. Give like us feedback. Yeah, no, yeah. but definitely give us feedback, whatever podcast platform you're listening but to. But only this give on. us five star reviews. I'm allowed to say I'd, that as a podcaster. You can't four. say it as I'd an author. I take three, you know, like middling to best. Yeah. I mean, Just you tried. That we are all skeletons having an existential crisis at heart. And be <laughs> nice to us. <laughs> <laughs> we're all, when, when push comes to shove, we're all just skeletons covered in meat. But yes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>